Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to 20s Are Hard, our fortnightly podcast on surviving your 20s. So how have you been? What have you been up to in the past couple of weeks? I feel like it's been a busy one. It has been super, super busy, but I had a birthday. Woo! Oh, yay! Um, which feels so long ago, even though it was only actually last weekend. But um, yeah, been at home, leaving parties, birthday parties, even had a Christmas party, which my mum threw because I will be missing Christmas with the family this year, which is so cute. That is the cutest thing. When you shared that on Instagram, it legitimately made me tear up. <sighs> oh my gosh, honestly, I was not expecting it. There was like a fully decorated Christmas tree downstairs. I got an advent calendar, which apparently she brought from Asda like a, a couple of weeks ago. They actually have their Christmas stuff out already. Oh my God. Well, I'm pleased that that answers the question of where on earth she found an advent calendar at the beginning well, of September. Yeah, that's why I asked her. And then she said when she bought it, she said to the guy, like, please don't judge me for getting it early. And I was like, to be honest, I'm judging Asda for having them out in September. Yeah, I am judging them. Although I went into Paper Chase this weekend to get a birthday card and um, they had all their Christmas cards out. It's a bit early. It's far too early. God, no, I can't do that. I thought Halloween had to happen first and then Christmas stuff came out. I would I would actually say, I would go as far now to say as I want Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving, or at least halfway through November. Yeah, I yeah, no, it's a lot. But anyway, you had a birthday. <laughs> yeah, birthday was good. Christmas was good. It's all been very emotional, saying goodbyes to people and packing. I'm officially packed and I leave on <gasps> the day that this comes out, actually, is the day that I fly. So, oh yeah, it is, isn't it? Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited, but I think it's just like the last minute stress of making sure I have everything and all of the goodbyes. I don't actually feel that excited yet because I'm like, oh my God, is this real? But yeah, no, it's been good. And I went to London at the weekend, which was really nice to see some friends. Had a quadruple date, which is now the second time I've managed a quadruple date before. Like we obviously did it. Date. And then I've managed it again with another group of friends, which is amazing that we managed to get eight people in one place together it's impressive I'm very impressed this kind of thing rarely happens (laughs) that is very true but no it's been been lots of fun lots of busyness and yeah what have you been up to what have I been up to so I well last weekend um I went down to Cheltenham with Alex for the weekend and it's really lovely it's such a beautiful city it really really is um we just had a bit of a wander around, explored the city a bit, saw some family, um, discovered a lovely local gin brand called Sibling Gin. Oh, nice. Um, it's a really sweet little brand, and I bought home a mini bottle to sample, as you do. Um, so that was really nice. Is that a recommendation? And no, that isn't actually one of my <laughs> recommendations. Um, but I do have a lot of Cheltenham recommendations, so I might spin it up into a blog post, because... There were just so many good places to eat. Like we had an amazing breakfast on the first on the Saturday morning, um, entirely plant based. Really great food. Oh, um, nice! Yeah, it was just a really lovely weekend. It was that it's that really gorgeous time of year where there's like a little bit of a nip in the air, and you're starting to feel autumn. And it just feels like the kind of city that would be amazing, like in autumn and Christmassy time. Yeah, no, Cheltenham is gorgeous. I mean, I've only been really during the time that the literature festival was on and it's obviously absolutely heaving at that time of year but also amazing like so fun Mm. so much stuff going on yeah it was really lovely and then this weekend just gone I oh I went to celebrate my grand's 90th birthday which is an impressive age I'm very impressed and 
I just, I have to, hats off to the woman. I don't know how many bottles of gin she received and I know she would drink them all. And I just think that if that doesn't explain (laughs) the love of gin in my family, um, I think we can probably blame her for that one. (laughs) I mean, I hope I'm still on the gin like that when I'm 90. Like, it's impressive. Um, But yeah, it was just really nice because kind of people kind of, well, actually flew in from all over the world for it. And um, we are a, we are a big family. So it's rare that everyone actually gets together. So it was really nice to kind of see everyone and catch up and see cousins I haven't seen for ages and all that kind of thing. So yeah. it's a really lovely weekend. And boy, did we get the weather for it. It was like 24 degrees. That's amazing. Although I don't feel like we had it as good as, as you. Like Saturday was really gorgeous, but I was down in London. And then Sunday was just a bit, eh. Yeah, I don't think Sunday was as good. I actually spent my Sunday reorganising my wardrobe for autumn winter, which we all know I love doing. <laughs> um, so it wasn't exactly... By about the fourth hour, I was a little bit bored, I will admit. But um, yeah, it was a nice balance to the Saturday because that was quite quite hectic. Oh, um, yeah. yeah it, was, it was really lovely. Oh, I'm glad. Um, do we want to get started with recommendations? Yes, I think that's a good idea. Do you want to kick us off with your first one? Yeah, so my first one is actually related to what I've done this week. So this week I took a uh, a road trip around some cities in the north of England, um, mostly because I've not been to those places for years, but also Taylor's never really been further north than Nottingham, apart from to go to Scotland. Um, so we did that, and it's kind of more of a general recommendation, but I just forgot how much there is going on in other parts of the country that isn't the south basically because I've lived there for the last couple of years and I really recommend just even if it's for a weekend I know that I've been an advocate of this before but just packing up for a weekend and we camped but obviously you can stay in a and b or something like that and just picking a couple of cities to spend some time in because I mean I think in three days we did (laughs) it was a bit excessive but we did (laughs) Scarborough, Whitby, Robin Hood's Bay, York, Leeds, Manchester, Liverpool um, in three days, um, which was a lot. But it was honestly like such such a lovely time and so nice to just drive around and see parts of the country that I've never, I've definitely never driven them before. Even if I've visited those cities before, I've never driven around. And like, we drove through the Yorkshire Moors and we drove through the Dales. Oh, and it's gorgeous, isn't it? It is so gorgeous up there. Yeah, and I think especially this time of year, you're in the shoulder season, but the weather is not freezing cold. Now is the time mm-hmm. to get out and go to those places where there's less tourists and you can get some cheap B and Bs for on a weekend. Like, I I cannot like I cannot agree with you anymore. I think in the past year, I was just thinking, I reckon in the past twelve to eighteen months, I've probably visited about between ten and twelve different UK cities and that aren't London. Yeah. Um and it's really opened my eyes to the rest of the country. And I know that sounds really naive. And I'm sure people from other parts of the UK are rolling their eyes at this. Um, but I do think that when you live, particularly when you live in the South, I think, but when you live in that one city or one area, you can become so blinded to what else is in the country. Yeah. I just never, I just never appreciated how beautiful some of the other cities were and how much was going on in other areas of the UK. 
And I think all the focus is always on London and the southeast, and there is so much more to this country. Yeah, I think because when I went to all those places, it was always on family trips, which obviously when you're younger, you're a bit like, oh, family holiday, whatever. But then now I'm so into photography and road trips and just seeing new places and actually doing something with my weekends. And the last two years I've lived in Oxford. So I've always been out kind of in the southwest or the south coast or heading towards London. So then to now do that same kind of thing on a weekend, but go north was just it was just so exciting. I had such a great time, even though the weather was questionable. It was so much fun. Mm-hmm. But um, and please, this time I'm, I'm very much a fan of the north. It's a beautiful part of the country. Yeah, no, it is gorgeous. So yeah, that's my slightly broad and random recommendation. Um, what's your first recommendation? My first is very, I think it's very seasonal. Um, it's actually a cookbook. And at this time of year, I mean, I love cooking, but particularly at this time of year when it starts to get kind of a bit colder and you've got loads of amazing fruit and veg in season and you just kind of want to snuggle up indoors. I just really love getting into cooking. Um, I recently treated myself to Anna Jones's cookbook called The Modern Cook's Year and it's one of I think she's got three cookbooks out already and she's currently writing her fourth Um, and they're all completely vegetarian um, because she has been a vegetarian for a long time and she's a really I mean she's a fascinating woman I knew about her cookbooks before I'd ever heard an interview with her or anything and she actually was on an episode of Talking Taste Buds Venetia Falconer's podcast um, which you haven't heard like if you haven't listened to it but you are interested at all in food I cannot recommend enough um and it was fascinating hearing about her career and her absolute love of cooking and she's got very into seasonal cooking so actually cooking what is readily available at that time of year because it's better for the planet it's better for you um and that's kind of the whole ethos and she goes about the whole vegetarianism thing in a very kind of approachable and accessible way I don't think it's um like she writes about it at the beginning, but it isn't like you should. Everyone should be vegetarian and stop eating meat. Yeah, and a lot of the recipes, yeah, totally. And a lot of the recipes can be very easily made into vegan recipes as well. So it's a really accessible cookbook, and there's loads of different stuff in it, from like soups to salads to breakfasts to like really big hearty meals. And because it's all based on like seasonal food, it's actually based on seasonal meals as well. So you get the lighter salads in the spring and you get like the really hearty kind of like stews and everything like that in the autumn. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful cookbook. If you're looking for a present for someone, I think it would make an amazing gift. Oh, Um, that sounds really good. And all of the recipes have a bit of a story with them. Like I love it in a cookbook when there's a bit of, it's not just recipe picture, recipe picture. I love it when the author goes into a little bit of detail about why they love that dish or when they cook it and their own tips for it. It's a yeah. really lovely cookbook, so I highly recommend if you're looking for something new or you're looking for a gift, go and check it out. Oh, that sounds... Oh, I know a couple of people, actually, who would really like something like that. Yeah, well, she's got... Like I said, she's got a few different books, and they're all... Every single one is vegetarian, but they're all very, like, themed. And there's... One of them's, like, a modern way to cook, and then there's another one as well, and I can't remember what it is, but they're re- they're all beautiful books as well. Like, the imagery in them is really stunning. And I do think that's an important part of a cookbook. So you've got to get enthusiastic about what you're going to cook. Oh, yeah. What's your second recommendation? Mine is um, a beer. Amazing. <laughs> um, which I realise is very me slash have been spending too much time with Taylor. But when we went to, so on the bank holiday weekend, we went to the Bristol Balloon Festival, which was a washout. And 
because it's us, we just decided to drive to Wales instead. So Obviously. we went to yeah, so we went to Newport and we we always look for breweries in new places and we found this brewery called Tiny Rebel. We were like, oh, that sounds cool. We went there and it was insane. And ever really? since, oh my God, honestly, it was absolutely epic. It was huge. And they've got like their, all of like their brewing gear in the back. You can see it through these huge glass windows. Like the staff were amazing. All the staff get their own like little logo kind of designed for them when they join the team. Their oh. officers are right upstairs. Like you can see their boardroom overlooking the whole brewery. It's really cool. And um, that's really cool. All their artwork, like they have an awesome in-house designer for all of their different brews. So they're all really unique and the artwork's really cool. And ever since I went, I've now started noticing it. It pops up in quite a lot of places. I've seen it in some pubs and bars and in some supermarkets. So Tiny Rebel Beer is my rec- second recommendation for this week because there is there is so, so many different flavors like whether you're into just like a lager or an ipa or a pale ale or a sour like they've got loads and they all taste like amazing so what what's your what's yours and taylor's number one favorite for anyone like me who's a bit like i really like beer but knowing what type of beer i like i'm just like i don't i don't uh, really there's so the one that i had most recently that i found like in this last week i think it's called club tropicana but let me just check it oh yeah it is yeah so yeah, so my favourite, or the one that I've found most recently that I keep going back to is called Club uh, words, Club Tropicana, and it's a tropical IPA. So it's not what you would kind of typically associate an IPA with tasting like. It's really fruity and light. So if you usually like lagers and kind of easy drinking beer, it's like fruity hops, but not really hoppy Ooh. and strong. And then there's another one that I haven't seen anywhere else, but I had it when I actually visited the brewery, and it's a sour and I absolutely love sours like oh my god I, I mean I love anything sour anyway but a beer that's sour is even better but I just they're really cool the prices are great if you see one around I would definitely pick one up and give it a try because it, I was really impressed by them I'm gonna um I'm gonna keep an eye out for those because often I don't like I like beer but I don't always want to get like a lot of beer I'd rather buy like one bottle if I'm gonna drink it yeah and I love the idea of supporting a smaller independent brand yeah no they're so cool and also their website's amazing if you want to check it out like their story of how they got started like two guys just brewing in their like parents shed in the back garden and that's how they started out in wales amazing yeah i love that it's really cool so yeah um what's your second recommendation so it's a podcast episode um and it is an episode of this american life which i think a lot of people are probably familiar with because it's a very um, well-known podcast series and they also did Serial yeah um, which if you've never listened to Serial go and listen to it because I still frequently think about it oh so um, good so crazy but so good that, that was the first like ever podcast series I got like fully into and was like obsessed with yeah it was um, me too oh it was so good but anyway um they do like on um Acast and I imagine on every podcast platform they kind of go through their archives and sometimes reshare previous episodes and one of the ones that came up was one called In Defense of Ignorance and it's a really interesting look at why actually sometimes being ignorant can be the best thing and it's not necessarily in terms of being like ignorant to current affairs and you know not engaging in anything because of course we all know that battle that so many of us have of 
wanting to be informed but not wanting to be totally overwhelmed by the 24-hour news cycle. Instead, it looks at three really specific examples of ignorance, the first of which is um, actually launching in the next... I think it actually comes out this week, um, and it's a true story, entirely true, and they've turned it into a film. It's called The Farewell, and it's about a family who find out that their um, grandmother has terminal lung cancer. The doctors say she's got three months to live, and they make the decision not to give her that information. Oh, wow. Um, so then they they organise for them to go over to China to see her, and they kind of have this big funeral that's masqueraded as a wedding so that she doesn't know and all of this. Like, it's absolutely fascinating. And you you get so many different perspe- perspectives on why actually ignorance can be an amazing thing. Because this was, I think it was six or seven years ago, and the gran is still alive. No way. She does not know. Every year she gets the same diagnosis at her annual checkup. She has no idea about this. She's been to the set where the movie has been recorded. Like, it's mind-blowing. Wait, so does she um, know now that she's been given three months to live no. every time? No. So how has she visited they, the set? They just She just thinks that a member of her family is shooting a movie. Oh, my God. It's so interesting. And then one of the other stories they look at is um, about people who have, and I can't remember the name of the thing. Hold on, let me look it up because that's just kind of offensive for me not to remember one sec give me a sec (laughs) in my defense there are 60 people in the world who have this so I feel like I can be forgiven to not remember the name so it doesn't actually say in the show notes what the name of this um is but there are about 60 people worldwide who have this kind of memory I want to say memory issue but I genuinely don't know what the right term for it is so apologies if I've offended anyone but these people can actually remember everything like they could tell you where they were or what was happening at a specific time on a specific date on a specific year. Oh my god! And I'm not saying like, oh, what were you doing on like your birthday last year? Like, they, you could be like third of September, 1992, and they'd tell you. But yeah, it's absolutely mad. Like, I've never heard of anything like it. But it was really interesting hearing them speak because to begin with, you think that's so cool. Like, think how useful that would be. And then you actually hear the the stories from people who have this. And there was one woman who was like, I'm constantly trapped. Like, I can't move on with my life. Like, her husband very sadly died. He died, like, a decade ago. And she was like, I still relive that moment as if I'm in it because I cannot move on and I physically can't heal because the memory is still so raw. And I just thought it was such an interesting discussion because, like I said, we live in a world where you should know everything all the time and there's such a pressure to be so aware of everything that's going on around you. And sometimes you can just want to bury your head in the sand. And I hadn't really heard the whole... um, the nuances of ignorance discussed before it was so interesting it's about an hour long but if you've got you know if if it, it really surprised me at how interesting it was and I just would really recommend people to go listen to it and I'm now desperate to go and see the farewell because I I have to know more about this story that does sound really interesting I'm actually going to listen to that because it is so true like how how often do you think oh, I wish I could escape like just knowing about all this awful stuff going on in the news and politics mm. and things imagine not actually being able to escape all of those things going on in the world and in your life like just oh god that's a actually quite terrifying thought yeah it's really terrifying and also with the story of the woman who doesn't know how ill she is um it was really interesting listening to her granddaughter who was really really against the idea of not telling her and her parents basically like tough we're not telling her and you're not telling her it's not your right to do um 
as the years have gone on, she's seen it very differently. Yeah. And to hear about someone's perspective doing a full 180. But yeah, it's just really interesting to see kind of how she went through that thought process. So yeah, I would really recommend you and check that out if you um, are interested in that kind of thing. Yeah, I will do. That sounds really interesting. Should we move on to this week's topic? Because it's quite a big one this week. Yeah, definitely a, uh, a chunky one this week. Um, we wanted to talk about credit cards because, again, like so many things that come up in your 20s, you're just never told how to get a credit card. No one tells you no. what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing, why a credit card is good. You just hear why it's bad. There's all these things going on. And then suddenly you reach a point in your 20s where you realise that actually having one might be quite positive and no one's really told you totally like we've discussed money briefly before we obviously did our episode on savings way back at the start so go and check that out if you haven't already but this week we want to discuss credit cards because completely to your point that you don't always have that discussion when you're growing up and I think we come at it from two very different angles I'm someone who has always seen credit cards as very bad and I've definitely seen the really damaging effects of credit cards and how they can really spiral and it's definitely made me feel that I should never have one and I should never need one and I don't want one yeah and I've never really had a need for having one however I'm now in my mid-20s and I'm like oh actually I should have had one and I should have been using it because they can be really beneficial and on the other like from the reverse I've always kind of been brought up with getting a credit card is great if you use it responsibly Um, it's something that is going to be very beneficial for you in the future if you want to get a house a mortgage any kind of loan building your credit score from as early as you can is something that my my parents have always kind of encouraged me to do responsibly so I actually have my first credit card in 2012 when I was 18 um, and yeah, and I still actually don't have a credit card. I'm currently in the process of sorting it out. I had some electoral register issues, but um, we don't need to go into that. Other adulting issues. You know, big life problems. But um, So I'm in that process of actually starting to dip my toe into the water and find out where I can get reliable information from, because ultimately banks with credit cards are trying to sell you a product like a credit card at the end of the day is a financial product banks have a vested interest in getting you to buy theirs um so kind of knowing where to go to get that information and kind of get a bit more confidence around it has definitely been something I've been doing over the past couple of months yeah I think it's I think it's really important to look for those kind of neutral like third party places and I know we have sung the praises about Martin Lewis so many times person. but finding those reliable resources that like you've just said that are the opposite of the banks that don't have a vested interest in trying to sell you a financial product they're the best places to go because they're going to give you the impartial information about what is and isn't best for you and your personal situation because I think that's the yeah. thing banks make it so easy to sound like oh well your situation you obviously need this credit card with a five thousand pound spend limit you don't know what the other options are because all they want to do is sell their specific product to you totally and I think to your point like everyone's situation is so different and why you want it can be so different so maybe it's for like when you travel you want a card that is really easy to use abroad and you're not going to get a load of charges or maybe you're you want a card with zero percent interest for a year so that you can buy an expensive purchase and know you can completely pay it off in full before you start incurring interest or maybe you just want it like I do just to kind of have in your back pocket in case of emergencies because 
you know, I think a lot of people probably relate to this, that I take a lot of pride in being very self-sufficient and living within my means. And if I want something, I save for it and all of that. And for a long time, I kind of thought, oh, if I've got a credit card, then I'm just irresponsible. It is so not about that. And actually, if I was in an emergency tomorrow, like financially, my savings aren't going to go that far. Like, it would be good to have like a backup just in case. And I think that's how, that's the kind of side of a credit card that's never really discussed. Yeah, I think to go go on your point there about saying you always like to live within your means. I think that's the difference in like perceptions of credit cards because I've always seen a credit card as still a way to live within my means. Like I've never at any point used a credit card in a way that is beyond my means because in my head, it's still, it's just something that is there to provide, well, to improve my credit score. It's something that's beneficial for me when I'm traveling. It's something that gets me points towards certain, I don't know, air miles or certain benefits that come with it is something that is useful to me but at no point it it's not something that I ever use that takes me beyond my means at all I just see it as another part of like my financial assets yeah I guess maybe that's how you have to see it like as another financial tool like I have my banking apps on my phone that I use to check my balances and manage my money there and I have like spreadsheets where I keep a note of things I'm saving for and all that kind of thing. Having a credit card is just another financial tool that's in your arsenal. Yeah, and I know that like we've spoken about this before, but it's it's just all about the control that you have over it. And so my first credit card, the, the credit limit on it was actually only £500, which is pretty small for a credit card. But it, my dad said to me, just use it for one thing, nothing else, just one thing, and pay it off every month and that will build your credit score so I used to put my petrol on it so every month or whenever I filled up my car I'd put my petrol on it and then at the end of the month I would pay off the petrol so I was never living beyond my means it was something I always knew I could afford because I was paying for petrol before I still was after I was still paying for it just at a later date in the month and having that control over how much was being put on it how much I was spending at the end of the month yeah, it's just having that awareness and still being able to use your money responsibly and just just knowing where it's just knowing where it's sitting kind of at that current time being able to keep on top of your finances it's just in a different place kind of. I think that's really true though and actually if I'm totally honest although it may have been beneficial for me to have a credit card a couple of years ago I'm not sure if I could have trusted myself with a credit card then and I think now I'm a bit older and I know that I'm very good at living within my means and I don't want to overspend and I've kind of built up a more trusting relationship between myself and money I almost feel like I can venture into the world of credit cards I might not have had such a um healthy approach when I was 20 and I think that's because we all have our own journey with becoming better with money yeah well I think that's just demonstrates really good self-awareness because being able to say okay I'm not ready to take on this responsibility yet that's a that is in itself a responsible decision to make and then now you're in a position where you know that it can be beneficial to you and you can use it in a way that is financially supportive for your future yeah and I think to completely like to what your dad was saying about it is you almost need to flex that muscle of using it responsibly. And I think, you know, one of the first things I'm going to do when I get my credit card is do exactly that and pick one thing a month that I put on it and pay off. 
and almost build that muscle to say I only use it for stuff I can already afford so that it's not just sitting there in my purse and I'm thinking oh well I know I need to use it and Zara's opposite my office maybe I should go and pick up some new bits no yeah that's not what it's there for but it's very much getting into those really healthy habits. And I think it's the same for anything to do with money, whether it's saving, whether it's budgeting. You have to really get into the healthy habit, especially if you haven't been brought up with it or you haven't been taught that because it isn't something you're taught in schools, which I think is wrong. But that is a whole discussion for another day. Yeah. Um, but I think credit cards can seem so terrifying and just daunting. And like, if you get one, you're going to suddenly spiral into this world of debt that isn't the case is so much more to do with the individual and I feel like that's something I'm only really realizing now yeah I think I, I was literally about to say before you said it that habits is exactly what it's about and kind of knowing what your intentions are from the start not just getting one on a whim and thinking woo free money because it's not but even once you've got one like immediately I logged on made sure my online banking was set up for my credit card and I set it to minimum payments so I always knew that it was going to make the minimum payment every month and then I would pay everything off on top of that as and when I could so I just knew in my mind that I would never miss a payment and then now I have it set like once I'd saved some more money from like living in Oxford I would then set it to pay off in full every month it was regardless of how you pay it off it's just knowing what your intention is and getting into a good habit of doing it I would say as well it's being fully informed because there are so many different types of credit cards and there are so many different kind of rules and different things to do with them. So some might be interest-free for like 12 months. Some might have like a 17% APR. Like every single card is different. So I think making sure that you're really aware of the product you're buying and what your rules are for your credit card and making sure you're in control of that situation from day one like you did by saying, I'm always going to meet my minimum payment. That's really important because that's when you're in control of the credit card and the credit card does not control you. I think one way people can really spiral really quickly is not having those things in place and be, because it's so easy. Like we've all done it where we're like, oh, we need to pay that. And you just get busy with life and you forget. I forgot to pay my council tax a couple of weeks ago. That was a little bit stressful. But I'd had a really busy couple of weeks. I did. I honest to God just didn't realise the date. And I was like, crap, we're in the new month. And you think, okay, that isn't ideal. But there was no financial implication for me not doing that. However, you know, you could easily see how someone could get into a mess. Yeah. Just by not kind of being really in control of the situation. Like I think it's not like a fun perk of having money. It's something that you still need to treat with a lot of respect and play by the rules. Yeah. And I think, again, going back to what you said about being fully informed, not just understanding the product you're buying and the credit card and what it's offering, but also understanding how your credit score works and what it is. Yeah. Because for ages, I was like, what is this out of 700 what you want about like I have no idea I'm just going to ignore that actually no it's something that it's like your financial like blueprint really it's it's your it's all of your financial information it will be used if you want to buy a house if you want to get a mortgage if you want to start a business if you want to take out a loan like whatever you want to do in your future that credit score is going to be there with you and you are in control of your credit score like if if it's bad you have the power to 
to change it. It's just understanding what has an impact. Like I found, so mine went down recently. I got a notification that it had gone down. I was like, oh my God, what have I done? Have I missed a payment? It can actually go down if you open a new bank account. Yes, I've heard this. Yeah, and I have um, no idea. If you don't know how to check your credit score, then um, if you go to ClearScore or Expedia, they're the two I've used. I think they might actually be linked, but they're completely independent and it won't affect your credit rating negatively by checking it. Because sometimes if you just apply for a credit card um, and then you get rejected, that negatively affects your credit score. Whereas if you can check your credit score in advance it kind of gives you a rough idea of whether or not you're more likely to be accepted. And if it comes back and it goes, you're probably not going to be accepted, you know not to even try. I so use we'll link um, some... the one on Money Saving Expert. They have one that actually checks against specific cards as well if you will be accepted for this card. Yeah. And that's how I monitor yeah. my credit score. Money Saving Expert emails me. It's, um, there are so many tools out there. But again, it's knowing what those tools are. And I think for me, I have no intention of buying a house anytime soon. I'm not planning on starting a business or needing a loan. However, things can change in life so quickly and your priorities can change so quickly. But I'd hate to be in a position in a couple of years from now being like, damn, I really want to seriously consider buying a house. But actually, my credit score is in a really bad way. And I should have dedicated the time before, even when it wasn't a priority to sort it out, because I do have the time to sort it out now. And I think so many people don't realise how important it is to kind of just dedicate a little bit of time to that. Yeah, definitely. I think it is It is exactly that. I'm the same as you. I'm not looking to get a house. I'm not looking for a mortgage or to take out a loan. But I just know that thinking about those things in the future, that they, they will most likely be in my future at some point. And thinking about them now is going to be beneficial to, to future me. Also, I just remembered this because... My brother actually told me about this because he got rejected for one credit card and accepted for another. Hope he doesn't mind me sharing that, okay. but whatever. But there's actually two like main credit checking companies and they both use slightly different criteria. And that's interesting. Different banks and credit cards actually use that. So one is Experian, and I think the other one is the other one called Equifax, I think. They're the two kind of companies that hold all of your credit data. And you can get accepted if a bank uses one of them and not the other if a credit card uses one and not the other you can actually get accepted because the criteria are slightly different so again that's interesting that's also something worth bearing in mind as well just i just realized i think i said expedia not experian earlier (laughs) i i didn't even blink at that to be honest so (laughs) well i don't mean expedia i obviously do not mean the travel company do not go to them to check your travel your credit rating guys (laughs) I didn't even question it. Clearly Jesus. <laughs> I just feel like it's not going to end well. We will link to the, um, I will leave the links in the show notes. We will not link Expedia. They are not relevant to this conversation. So sorry about that. So just to, I mean, summarise, we've all heard the horror stories about credit cards, but there are just, there are some things to just bear in mind that are really useful. Obviously, we've already mentioned Um, your credit score for any kind of future mortgages or house purchases but also if you make any big purchases in general you're actually covered by the credit card if something happens if something goes wrong so for example I'll often put my flights on the credit card and if my flight is cancelled or something happens and I'm not able to go you will often be able to get a refund through your credit card as opposed to if you paid for it on a debit card 
Yeah, so that's one of the big reasons that I'm looking at getting a credit card because I realised how actually irresponsible it was that I always book flights on a debit card. And I just suddenly had the fear of God put in me and I was like, damn, God, if this thing goes wrong, that's a lot of money to lose. But for other stuff, like I know someone actually who recently bought a brand new like desktop Mac um, and it, what I can't remember what happened. Something happened, but basically they managed to claim the like the entire amount back on because they bought it on their credit card. Oh, that's amazing. So it's kind of for any big purchases like that. If you contact your credit card company, your bank, whoever you've got the card through, um, there's actually a lot that they can do to help you. I think the, another really big thing is that um, there are credit cards you can get that allow for balance transfer. So say, you know, you've got yourself into a bit of a pickle with your finances and you owe money on a card and you're up against that issue of you can't pay it off. So you're incurring interest every single month, which means that you're further away from paying it off. I think that must just be such a stressful and anxiety inducing situation to be in but some credit cards will allow you to do a balance transfer so you can take that amount of money put it on a new credit card that has zero percent interest on it for however many months and it buys you a bit of time to really get things under control and providing that you actually then take control of the situation and you do make those repayments you know you're not adding to it it gives you some more time to just get on top of the debt you already have yeah and that's I think if people are already in a sticky situation with credit cards or any type of debt, it must feel really overwhelming. But I think there's then that sort of how do I get out of it? Well, there are ways you can use credit cards to help you. You just, again, it goes back to that point of make sure that you're fully aware of it and that you're responsible about it. I think, yeah, that that's a good one. Definitely, if you can foresee that you're going to be able to get control of things in the near future, because obviously after a year or 18 months, whatever it is, then that interest is going to start accruing again. But if you can foresee that that's something that's going to help you get control and start paying back over the the month that it's interest free, then that's amazing. Yeah, totally. Um, what else is it? Do you want to talk about like points um, and stuff like that? Yeah, another thing that I've actually used them for, and these kind of work in various different ways. So one of the credit cards I got was specifically because there is no um, there is no fee on any foreign transactions or any foreign cash withdrawals so it's actually a fee on sterling which is hilarious so I have to remember not to use it in the UK but as long as I use it for anything which is in another currency or if I withdraw from a cash machine abroad I will never well I don't get a fee on it until 2022 so again it's just being aware of what those limits are Um, and that's been super beneficial for me especially kind of hopping back and forth between Europe and stuff over the last couple of years I guess as well that also protects you if you're abroad and you use a dodgy cash machine and it takes the details or whatever at least it's only got your credit card yeah because you are protected against fraud as well yeah that's the other protection that yeah is so important to bear in mind yeah definitely and it's not it's not your actual cash like it is with your debit card I mean, banks still work yeah. with you if obviously that's fraudulently taken, but a credit card, it's a lot more straightforward with the fraud protection. Yeah, and ultimately, the money has not been taken out of your account. Like, yeah. <laughs> if someone decides to clone your card and book tickets to the other side of the world, that money is not in your account at the end of the day, regardless of whether or not you need it. So, yeah. um, um, The other thing that actually people, I don't use it for this. I don't, the UK isn't as good at this. I know 
there's other benefits. There's various benefits that you can get with different credit cards to do with mortgages and travel insurance. I know my parents have a travel insurance one and things like that. But I know the US is really big on it. It's um, like points. So you can get like airline points or airline miles oh, with certain goodness. credit cards. Like with American Express and stuff like that. Yeah, there's certain, I can't remember which ones. I just saw someone post about it the other day. I should probably actually try and find it because she basically flies to all of these remote islands all over the world. She's a full-time nurse, but um, in her spare time, she just flies to all these places and does pretty much all of it on points. Amazing. Which blows my mind. But yeah, there's loads of different cards that you can basically read up on the benefits and find out what works for you what you're looking for there's definitely a lot more options out there than you think yeah and I think we now particularly I think the way people bank and just banking generally is changing and it's becoming so much more accessible like when you think like when we were at uni you couldn't bank through your phone but there weren't like banking apps you could easily use to ping money to yourself and your other accounts like that would have been amazing if that had been a thing yeah I think it's moving forward so quickly that there is more information. It's easier to find out about these things. So empower yourself and get that information and understand why things like credit cards are important and why they can be so valuable. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that covers everything for this topic that we want to say. Maybe we'll uh, revisit it at a later point. But yeah, I think, you know, discuss money before. We both think it is something really important to be talking about because we do not discuss it enough. Um, and there is so much mystery around money and so many kind of horror stories you hear obviously demystifying that and kind of having these discussions is something we're both very passionate about so if there are any topics in particular relating to money that you want us to go into detail in in the future please do let us know it shouldn't um, be a taboo at all it's that's how you get informed by discussing these things so yeah totally like you know I think I've only learned so much in the recent years because other people have had these discussions and it's learning that you're not the only person. Like, I feel a bit of an idiot being like, oh, I don't have a credit card, don't really know what to do about it. But I know for sure there will be so many people listening to this who are in exactly the same boat. Um, And maybe this is the push you need to go and, you know, get your finances under control. Yeah, do a little bit of research, figure out what works for you. So we hope you'll have a good couple of weeks. Um, as ever if you want to get in touch then you can get in touch via our instagram page at 20s are hard or you can of course drop us an email which is 20s are hard at gmail.com and we are also on facebook which is facebook.com forward slash 20s are hard i think that's right yep that's the one so we hope you will soon and have a good couple of weeks bye bye